Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and I think we're up to episode 138 now. Um, I had a chat with Ross Jolly. I'll tell you about him in a minute. What I want to say is, I mean, you're already listening to the podcast if you're hearing this, but um, if you want a, an easier way to access it, if this is more in your in your um, sphere, I've added the podcast to a few different um, platforms now, Stitcher and and um, through Anchor FM. You can now access the podcast on Spotify. So go to Spotify if that's what you use for your music and other podcasts. Um, go to podcasts and just type in Sweetman Podcast. You can hit follow and just have it in your queue and all of the back episodes are there and all of the new ones will pop up there. So that's pretty cool. Now, Ross Jolly, he is a Wellington-based theatre director. He is uh, uh, is or was an actor. Um, you might know him if you watched the TV show way back, Gliding On. Uh, he played the character of John. And, um, and he's done a lot of stage and film and screen and theatre work. And in, as I say, in recent years, he's probably better known as being a director. Uh, he is a mainstay, a founding member of Circa Theatre in Wellington, which is now Wellington's you know, only fully professional theatre uh, theatre company. And um, yeah, so we had a big chat about the history of Circa, about Roger Hall and Gliding On, uh, originally Glide Time. Uh, he was in the original theatre production of that, which turned into a... Into a um, TV show. Uh, he worked for a long time commissioning and creating radio drama uh, back in the days when when proper radio drama was a thing. Uh, and he's intersected with lots of people. You know, he he, he drops a few cool names. Worked with John Clark, Sam Neill. Uh, lots of icons get mentioned. And uh, we had a fun chat. We we talked through his life and career. And he's he's done a lot and seen a lot. And uh, and I'm a big fan of Circa Theatre. I go and review a lot of the productions there. But I've been going there for. 20 plus years and it's nothing but quality work and so he was able to tell me about some of the productions I've missed over the years and uh, and we reminisced about some of the great shows that he's created and been involved in and some of the really key things about the theatre. Uh, he's also in one of my favourite ever movies that was made in New Zealand, Battle Truck, so we talked about that and he's also in one of the biggest piece of shit movies that's ever come out of Wellington, Send a Gorilla, so we talked briefly about that. Um, I, had, I, had, I had fun talking to Ross, um, I've, I've known him a little bit over the last year or so, uh, I've known his work for a long time, and 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 he was aware of my work because he said he used to be a bit daunted and scared when I'd come in to review the theatre productions. He was worried that the music was going to get mentioned, and he was he was hoping that he'd done a good job on the music, and he and he usually does. Um, I actually met him uh, earlier this year for the first time um, when I was doing the podcast with Lisa Harrow, and we exchanged numbers to do a podcast, and then I. I lost his number, so I was fortunate to bump into him just a couple of weeks ago and say, man, I, I'm sorry I haven't been in touch with you, let's do that thing. And he said, great, I've got this production on at the moment, it's about to start called Under Milk Wood, you know the famous Dylan Thomas radio show, they've turned that into a, a full play. That's on at Circa at the moment and I went to opening night of that and it is amazing. Now that's on for most of the next month, so if you're in Wellington or visiting Wellington, check that out, that was incredible and that's um, that's Ross's current play um, that, he, that he's that he's uh, commissioned and, and, and created in terms of um, casting that and putting that on. Um, so I love this conversation and I hope you do too. This is me talking with Wellington theatre and acting legend Ross Jolly. I was brought up in, uh, in the King Country in a small little tiny town called Otrahonga. It's got, a, it's got a Kiwi house now, which has put it on the map, mm. but we didn't have a swimming pool. We swam in the river and, you know, things were sort of pretty... Um, Pretty basic back in those days, mm. um, but I went to high school in New Plymouth, to New Plymouth Boys High School, 
And you say acting or the theatre thing. I was in a nativity play when I was four. I guess that counts. Right, yeah. I had a sheet and a silver... No, it was a gold halo, actually. And um, I didn't have any speaking part at that, but that might have been quite interesting to go, oh, there's an audience, this, this feels... <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the feel of this. Yeah, so yeah. I just adjust my halo and my sheet. <laughs> and uh, good to go. And then at school, I was in the school plays and um, and I, and I, I won the, the acting prize for being... Well, why were you in the joke. school... Why were you in the school plays? Do you, well, know, you know, do you know why? Um, do, do, um, you, uh, do you know a point where you went, you know... I would imagine it's the second time you do it, if not the first, where you go, I like this and I'm okay at this. I was, I was, I was at the Scout Jamboree and I played Tarapraha or something <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the, the Epsom showgrounds at a great jamboree with spotlights and things and I learnt the words and, and that, that's another major acting role which you probably don't see on the CV. I don't think we played Tarapraha, I just had the word. <laughs> yep, so I did that and you start to think that, but I was talking to somebody who said, where did it start? I think imitations of teachers is where you start, and you become the class clown, and mm. I used to talk to John Clark, the late John Clark, about that, and um, imitations of teachers, being the class clown, getting some laughs and going, I quite like this, and I think I might be able to get quite good at it if I, if I try. So that's that's where your acting comes from, doing mm. little impressions of, of, of cruel impressions of other mm. people or amusing impressions of teachers and things. So I did a couple of school plays and um, then I got the um, acting prize for being in St Joan doing, doing something like that. Uh, but there was no career path at that mm. stage. Mm. So, so what I, are you planning to do? Yeah. I, I went to university because that seemed a, a good idea. I thought at one stage I'd be a doctor and then I found out you had to do all the science rubbish and so I thought maybe I, I can act. <laughs> act being a doctor will be better than... <laughs> yeah. Every time I said I was going to be a doctor, people went, oh, that's really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. You have to do science and stuff. It's quite long. So <laughs> I did an arts degree and did theatre, um, you know, Vic and um, Nola Miller had a group and I went to a bit of a drama school. But I didn't, there was no career path. There's there a lot of people were teachers. I didn't want to be a teacher. They're teachers who sort of segued off into acting and so on. Um, so I did a degree in psychology and then went to Auckland to work in personnel, or HR as they now call it, and market research, which was another sort of thing that you do with your psych degree. Oh, I don't know, it wasn't really, you know, for me, I, the business world was there. Yeah, I was in a brown suit with a briefcase and people jeered at you and you thought, I don't, I don't, I'm a fake, this isn't what I want to do. Even, you know, going to, to work in business and things, I couldn't stay awake all day. I'd been a student for five years. Mm. They wanted you to be awake from nine o'clock till four, till four. That's unheard of, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, cruel and unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I used to go into my car and sleep at lunchtime to just uh, get through the day. <laughs> How do people do this stuff? Um, so, and I, I did a paper on it uh, later for the university. I said, you haven't prepared our students in your ivory tower for the real world at all. The real world was just a huge shock after mucking around as a student for five years and eking out your degree as long as possible, doing French reading knowledge, and which was a requirement which they cancelled as soon as I passed it um, badly. Um, so I, I, I 
did a bit of stuff in business. It wasn't really working very well. And then a, um, a job came free uh, in, um, in um, film purchasing, it was called. And I met this guy called John Clark. And he said, yeah, mate, come and work here. It's kind of fun. And it was great. We did sort of three years there. Um, and it was a great time to be. So we watched television all day long and got paid for it. And it was a great time for, the BBC was just doing terrific stuff. The comedy was Monty Python and Dud and Pete and, and that was the week that was sort of stuff. And um, the plays were written by Pinter and Tom Stoppard and um, the Blue Remembered Hills um, type, uh, really, really good writers. Mm, mm. Um, and, and, the, and we did all the documentaries a world about us and things, and Sunday night was Egghead's night, and um, we did, you know, wonderful documentaries uh, that were being made from the BBC. Wonderful Sunday night play. Sunday night was sort of, you know, prestige television. I think that's an oxymoron now. Um, <laughs> sort of, and it was it was great, and we watched the stuff all day, and I became friends with John, and we had, nah, it was it, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Mm. Well, we, we, what's the next step from there? Because what, what I, uh, I, I feel we're a step or two away from it, but it's interesting hearing, like, if I put together that you felt you weren't cut out for the boring old day job and you wanted to have a sleep in the car in the middle of it and you graduated up from being the class clown, I want to say, well, there you are as one of the world's best long-serving method actors because this is just preparing you <laughs> for the role of John and gliding on. But That's there's true. a step or That's, two before yeah. that, right? Well, I, I, I didn't so much leave the, the sort of film pooch thing as that left me. Right. Uh, I like to write these reports on things. Something came through called The Six Million Dollar Man. I said, this is rubbish, this is crap. No one will want to watch this. It's childish, it's preposterous nonsense. When it went to number one... It ended up doing quite well. <laughs> to number one, I went, maybe I'm out of touch with a common man and I, uh, so this isn't working particularly well and leave it to Judy Christie to lower the bar and um, go for the, the bell curve of, you know, yeah, of yeah. television. And proceed... Pre Prestige television disappeared anyway and um, became what we see today. They took a lot more American programs. Mm. So a job came available in radio drama. And I worked for radio drama for 14 years and loved it. To be paid by the government yet again to, to make art. I mean, how good is that? And mm. that was the heyday of that wonderful actors now no longer with us. And... Um, I made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of radio plays and worked in, in audio, and I love it, and it's still a great, great uh, medium. And um, I said, well, well, you can direct radio plays in the, in the ether. I wonder how hard it is to, to, to actually um, direct actual plays. So I tentatively gave it a go, and it is quite hard, <laughs> actually. Um, radio was just, we could have a, you know, a crowd scene and, and do multi-million dollar productions for six months. That's what audio is. Mm. So um, yes, and I had a day job, and all the rest of the acting and stuff I did in, in my downtime. I took leave, and when we did, um, we started the Thist Theatre in 1972, Circa, and we did glide time, Roger Hall's glide time, and I'd, I'd do acting, but I'd go away to my day job. We'd rehearse at nights, and when I directed plays, we'd 
do it at nights. And I kept my day job and we did um, Gliding On on the television. I took leave to do it. And we, we did that for six years. Gliding On is, yeah, evolves from Glide Time. So yeah. Glide Time was obviously a hit, otherwise they wouldn't have made a TV show out of it. Glide Time was um, a hit. And then um, we did a radio series. Radio went, well, we're not stupid. This looks like we did it with mm. a live audience. And uh, then they said, well, wonder if this will work on television. And I, I, I can, I suppose, name the Rose from Cloud was working there at the time. She said, no, it'll never go on TV, <laughs> much to her uh, everlasting joy. Um, she said, no, it wouldn't work. And so we, they've just done a thing like it. Do it, they did comedy playhouse and they did three comedies they've just done it for tv three three comedies or four and 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 pick a winner mm, and mm. um we did it and oh, um gliding on you know the episode one of gliding on uh which had gone from stage to radio to television yeah um one and they tentatively gave it you know tentatively gave it you know a series of six oh people seem to quite like it and the rest is history. Six years later, we, and we were number number one for, mm. for three years. We do six episodes in a Christmas show. There weren't that many episodes, if yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean. Yeah, but yeah. it's iconic. I'm still recognised today that you're the guy from... Well, yeah. less, less now, a few people. Um, <laughs> but on my tombstone, he glided off. You know, I mean, I can't, you can't get rid of it. Well, I was going to uh, say, it, it, it does a, a rare and special thing in that it's one of the things that it establishes... The playwright, yep. hugely. Yep. It, it's the you know it's iconic and becomes iconic for Roger Hall, and he becomes iconic because of yeah, it. Yeah. And and most of its cast does too. It we, estab- it's it's a you know it's a big part in the CV of all of you that have continued on. We were quite well trained as actors, mm. and we did used to do do it at Avalon. Uh, and do two, you know, sh- shows between a live and uh, two live audiences were wheeled in from mm-hmm. that valley. We did the show, and then they'd wheel another one in, and they'd cut between them. But they didn't need to because we didn't make muck ups. We were we were stage trained, and we we didn't muck it up. Yeah. Um, we didn't drop our lines and things, and they they didn't need second takes. And um, except when the 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 handyman came in with a big trolley full of beer with sort of six beer kind of thing. We'll, we'll use real beer because it'll be... And, and they, he came in with his trolley and stopped. And the cartons went like that and then hit the concrete avalon for an exploder. It was very spectacular. <laughs> six dozen beer went up and they went, stop recording, <laughs> stop recording. And the other time when Ken Blackburn, as the, as the boss, said, I'm leaving, I'm leaving now, and I went to get out of his office and the handle came away in his hand and went, I, I can't get out, I can't... <laughs> Stop recording. <laughs> but, but but we didn't need to. We yeah. didn't need to because we were we were quite well trained and knew how to learn lines and do things. And and it was very very popular. People, there's still a thing about saying, "Oh, New Zealand can't do sitcom," and they keep doing melody rules and all the ones that didn't work. Even the British James sitcom didn't work. But it did work. It really yeah. did work. It's yeah. very hard to do it. They're just doing another thing where they've done some comedy playhouse, but. The things that work overseas, you know, there's a team of, you know, 20 writers or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. It's a very hard thing to get right, but when it does, it's it's actually character comedy, not 
the situations, they don't matter. It's Barney Miller, you remember the Barney Miller people, mm. the people from Cheers, what happened to them? I don't know, they got themselves into trouble and out of it. That's what sitcom is. Mm. And it's actually character com, and Roger created these really iconic characters. Michael Haig, Jim, the, you know, the guy with the fag, and oh, Jesus Christ. Um, um, Ray Hamer playing the, the new Welsh immigrant, and you know, yes. like the old countries, you know, sucks, and you know, and then Beryl, Sue Wilson playing Beryl as the sort of the only woman in the office. Hello, mum, you know, yes. And everyone, everyone was sort of shirking and shy-acting, and I was sort of a cheeky little underachiever in the public service, which mm. I'd been training for. Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> you'd, done, <laughs> you'd done a long job interview The NZBC, <laughs> I did a long interview, <laughs> job interview. And I said to Roger, you know, well, I'm quite used to being a cheeky little under, underachiever in the public service. So he wrote in the forward to the <laughs> play script, to the best cheeky little underachiever in the public service that, that blah, blah, blah. So, well, yeah, that was quite fun. Well, if we take a slight step back, it also, I said it establishes all of you, uh, you know, particularly outside of the theatre, mm -hmm. and it establishes Roger and, and, but it also, I guess, Glide Time is flagship for Circuit Theatre. If we, if we take a step back to before the TV show, it's mm -hmm. one of the iconic things about this theatre, yep. isn't it? it? I mean, yep. Roger rewrites it, updates it, yep. it, um, it comes back. And, uh, I think uh, they play it now on, a, on Rotate on one of those free things. We, yeah. don't, we don't get any money for it. But um, <laughs> to give it to, the, to our gift to, to the country. And people, oh, I saw you on TV, oh, you're yeah. so funny. Uh -huh. And it, the scripts are good, they're well written, they're just like an episode of Cheers or something, All Friends. It's really well written stuff with payoffs and things. And they're highly recognisable Kiwi characters. Mm. And it's the first time that New Zealanders sort of saw themselves, because people, everyone had done something in the public service, the post office or the electricity department or, or something, they said, it really is like that. And, yeah, who was the... Who was the Younger woman that comes into it, is it Katie Platt? Is Katie that, Platt was uh, the, yeah. you know, the girl who comes in, Ray one. Yes, Ray, Ray one. With the really sort of yes. thickness and accent. Yeah, sort know, of pre, pre Lynn of Tawa, yeah, but same sort that, of thing same as sort of thing. that Jeanette um, was doing, yeah. And uh, Ken Blackburn is the boss who's sort of, you know, scared and just yeah. waiting for his pension and all oh, this will all reflect on me. And, and then, and I mean, the, the, what, what do people do in sitcom? They get into trouble and get out of it. I mean, yeah. they're. they're, they're smoking when yeah. they shouldn't be or selling yeah. oysters and just all the stuff that happened and I was shirking away and never doing much work. The PSA didn't like it. They said it was yeah. a bad advertisement <laughs> for public servants who were really hard working sort of people and didn't do that at all but everyone said well they sort of do actually. Um, <laughs> and then he updated it to market forces That's when, right. when they got cell phones and things but they were still pretty much the same sort of people coming to terms with Rogernomics mm. and all that sort of thing. And it, and it was iconic. It did, it did um, reflect some sort of New Zealand thing, and they've been chasing the holy grail of that ever since. It's very hard to do. It's hard to do. So, mm. Um, mm. Well, um, yeah, taking that step back from there to, to Circa, how does Circa form? How do you guys, because you are a founding member of Circa, as, as is Ray, and, yeah. and I, I'm and thinking, Michael, Michael, yeah. And Grant, too, Grant, Grant played, yes. uh, sorry, in, um, yes, in the was. early uh, ones, he was Wally, the, you know, take a, uh, That's around right. with the clipboard. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, well, there was only one sort of there that was downstage, and there wasn't enough work really to go around, and he said, I wonder if there's, you know, whether this arty city can sustain 
a second theatre and um, so we've got the old Idox building, we spent six months double jibbing it and getting it ready, as it turned out it only needed single jib, we uh, were misled there and we spent more longer and then we opened this thing and did a couple of shows and then did, did um, gliding on and we went to the State Opera House to go from a hundred seater to go to 1200 was just sort of unheard of. Mm. We just we sold out the seasons that took names. When it got to over 800, we went maybe we can go to the opera house, and we did. And I had the opening line of Glide Time. I come in with a broken umbrella, saturated, and uh, stand on the opera house stage, slightly knees trembling, going, <laughs> Wellington, I hate you! And there was a sort of a four-second four delay, <laughs> and then a wave of sound, which is 1,200 people laughing in recognition, went woof, and blew Roger and me into history. Mm. Um, people... Just, just like, and, and all the theatres up and down the country did, did, um, did gliding on, and mm. the, the telly, as I said, picked it up. And so Circa was away. We used the money from that to get proper seats, and we were there in that little place. I passed it the other day. It's a sort of a little playground or something. The footprint is so small, you mm. can't believe mm. what went, went, went on. But the building was uh, a celebration of deferred maintenance, which is why we got it for practically nothing. And when pigeons died down the view shafts and the, and it, and the toilets flooded every time there was a high tide, it was time to get out. And I think it was 72 that we got funding and people raised funds and did stuff. and. Um, we moved the, the facade of the building from across the road. It was actually the coal court facade, and um, BP wanted the site, so they paid to have it moved. And it stood there like Stonehenge. There was no tapapa. That, that, that you could still see where the sesqui had been, tumbleweeds yeah. and yeah. <laughs> and um, and dust rolled around on an undeveloped waterfront with this strange facade of a building propped mm. up. And um, then we raised money and did things and 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 built the theatre and, and, and here we are. Mm. Um, so we, we stepped up and it's a beautiful site. On yeah. the, particularly on a, a lovely lovely day like today and to Papa Rose sort of out of nothing. They pounded the ground for six months to consolidate it, but it's still shaking. When you get an earthquake here, you oh, I mustn't you know all about it and don't tell, don't tell the audience that <laughs> but it does rock and roll a bit yeah uh, was a couple of years ago the, a couple of years ago at the pantomime i was here when oh, there was right. when there was one yeah just into the early moments of it yeah yeah, yeah and it was a real shake it does yeah. it, this is reclaimed yeah. land and it, yeah it, well they're now going to that the building that eight eight years old that building down that the BNZ one, they're going to pull it down. Mm, it's it's mm. damaged beyond mm. repair. Mm. So, I mean, I moved to Wellington in 1995, and I've been here ever since. And I would have, I cannot remember the first thing I came to at Circa, but it would have been in that year. And I do have memories of, particularly 96, 97, coming here quite often and seeing, as a student, and seeing, um, I was doing a drama paper, like a theory drama paper. I was never interested in, in acting myself. Um, I know I can't do that, but I, I was interested in theatre and attending it. So I, that's, that's my connection with this place. And I feel, yeah, I feel very connected to it because I realise I've been coming to this theatre for over 20 years now, um, eventually in the guise of a reviewer, but um, mostly as a person who just likes coming and seeing theatre. 
Well, 1977, that was my first play, so you miss, you've missed that now. I missed, no, that was, that, that, was, that was far too early days for me, 77, sorry. 77, 78. Yeah, yeah, well, no, no, what I want you to oh, do... Oh, well, you're in the 90s, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, no, I want you to fill okay. me in. I want you to fill me in on David, what... David, 1991 uh, via satellite, Anthony McCartan, who now... Yeah. Yes. Mm, you know... Well, no, uh, no, before we do that, I want you to fill me in on all the stuff I missed, because... You're talking 1977. I was uh, I was tiny then, so hard for anyone who knows me and sees me now to believe I was ever tiny. But I was <laughs> tiny then, so so I want you to fill me in on on what was going on here, because because I mean ostensibly, and we'll get into some other stuff, but ostensibly this is your I mean it's your passion and your and your hobby, but this is your life, Circa, as I see it, in, in terms of a professional life. You went off and did other things, you can, yeah. you've, you've done other things, but this is the, this is the coalface for you. It sort not? of is, really, when I look at yeah. this, this, this aide de memoir that I've brought in. Yes. I mean, um, I've done over about 100, play, 100 plays altogether, but uh, mostly 80-something here, and I've yeah. directed around the country as well. So I, I really, m people say, oh, you're acting, but I, I was a radio drama director and, mm. and act, and directing sort of pulled me more than in some ways than acting. You can control your life better when you're the director, say, I'm going to do this, whereas the actor, you wait by the phone hoping, <laughs> you know, it's a bit tragic sometimes. But it's important, surely, for, uh, I mean, it's not the only way, but... It's important for a director, and I would think a theatre director, perhaps more than a film director, it's got to be an important and helpful skill for them to, and I would think in most cases it just happens, to have done at least some acting, right? You, you suddenly, you instantly have a sympathy and empathy for the people that you're demanding something of. Well, absolutely. The first thing is, is that the secret of anything is casting. If you've cast it right... Mm -hmm. 80% of your jobs, and if you cast it wrong, it's, it's a very uphill battle. So yeah. as an actor, that's a, an insight into how that might work. And also radio drama allowed me to read a script and imagine it, because mm -hmm. radio really develops your imagination. You mm. can actually see things in Theatre of the mind, yeah. Theatre of the mind. Yeah. I still love it. And yeah. um, when they did kids and showed them... Um, uh, a video and the, a radio thing together. They said they liked the radio because the colours were brighter. And that's what radio is. It's taking place in here. So mm. I learned how to read a script and imagine it's hard to read a script and, and then see how it might work. Some people say they can't really do it. You've got to really sort of imagine how the whole thing is going to play out and say, I think I want to do this play. But you, if you were going back in time, when did you say you... Well, I, I came here in 95, but I want to know what okay. was... I want to know, first of all, I want to know what, what some highlights for you have been previous to that, I guess. Well, you'd only get my selfish highlights, because I've only got my CV. Yeah, no, that's quite all right. Uh -huh. But you, you're, still, you're still... I mean, you're part of the board of Circa, and yeah. you're one of the people that commission these things, and, that, sure. and, and you certainly would have attended almost all of them, or many of them, and some guys... You're going back to 97, <laughs> mate. It's a bit, you, you know, you're asking about... I'll use my thing. I, yeah. I did We Anthony McCartan, we just brought that back yes, last year. Yes, So Anthony, I did five or six of Anthony's early plays. Yeah. Look at him now doing... Um, yes, I came the, and the saw chip. the repeat thing of Weeds oh. last year and I loved it, okay. yeah. But I never saw it at the no, time. No, well, time that had the, the yeah. cast there and no longer yes. with us as well. Yes. But, but Anthony, what, what did he do? He went on to do The Theory of Everything mm. and um, he's just done Churchill. Mm. He's... 
top man, but he wrote some plays for us. Uh, then New Zealand doesn't recognise its own people. They have to go, yeah, they go and start writing books and things. And um, uh, Anthony said, you know, I've written a number of plays. The reviews are sort of a bit niggardly, a bit sort of, you know, judgmental. Oh, he'll be good one of these days. Are you allowed to swear on this? Yeah, you know, Because yeah. he said, um, you know, this review that I've got, it's quite good, but why don't they just say, Andy McCartan's a fucking genius and leave it at that? And <laughs> They will he, now. And they, they will now, now. <laughs> but it only took about yeah. 25 years. Yeah, well, that's us, isn't it? No, it's us. Uh, somebody <laughs> said, us, you know, ours to hate. And I mm. went, oh, my God, we're still, we still, we still. <laughs> and I mean, even, I think, our current Prime Minister's suffering from some... Mm. I don't know. Just we're a bit we're a bit hard on and we're hard on artists and things. But in, uh, just some highlights. And I'm going to I'm next year mm. going to do Waiting for Godot, and because I did that back in in '99, um, I did all the Martin McDonough stuff uh, until the Green Irish Bubble burst, and I went with it. Um, but and he's gone off to do his own films like in Bruce. But he was a fantastic mm. writer. Um, I did as many of his as I could. You, you get a writer and you follow it through Roger's plays. Um, I, I've, I've done, yeah, I don't I'm, know, seven or eight. I'm now. glad you brought this up because I wanted to ask you about this. I was going to say, I can identify in your um, directing work and producing work your, your, and commissioning work that you do pick on, you, you grab someone and you obviously, uh, does that just go back to the fact that it starts for you with a script and so does, yeah. so you like the cut of someone's jib you like their writing because because yep. i'm thinking back to sort of roughly 10 years ago there was a a, a strong run of neil labute plays here yes, and you and and i i knew you'd done at least one or two of them but I actually did. they you they were because of you obviously you I did know. them yeah well, and i'm a huge fan of his work yep. and uh have followed his you know i've read a lot of his scripts that i haven't yet seen the productions of but i'll i'll buy a play script of his and i've watched all the movies and so yeah i i, I spotted that about you that you like a particular person's work and well, stick with it. If you get a horse, ride it. And, yeah. if, and if it starts to fail underneath, you bail. And get another <laughs> Time to one. find a new horse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And I've done all of, pretty much all of Harold Pinter's plays, yes. except the, uh, the Caretaker, which is probably not as, as uh, three blokes in a room. Mm. Um, but No Man's Land and Homecoming, and I just loved his stuff. He, and when he, and Moonlight, and. Um, when he went, oh, it was very sad, very sad. It was an enormous talent. Mm. Um, David Williamson, Australian writer, who's their sort of Roger Hall-type person mm -hmm. that um, has made squillions out of writing middle-class comedy. And uh, I brought him over to do a lecture-type thing, and he said, why are you so people so awful to you, to Roger Hall? And I said, I don't know, ours to hate or, or mm. whatever, because mm. Roger's plays have kept most of the theatres in New Zealand open more so than, than grants mm. and things like mm. that. But it is what it is. It's, it's middle-class comedy. Uh, it's popular. And he gets, he gets um, uh, pooed on quite a bit, or certainly was and things and that. So um, those, those are things that I well, well, tell, tell me what, what um, let, let's try and go really simple here, because I know these are, could sound like really absurd, broad questions. I'm sort of in, intentionally supposed to. What for you, in your role as a person creating a work, you know, choosing, casting and directing a play, 
what is the best thing about that? What makes it work? And and then tell me what's the worst, you know, is the worst thing that you have an idea for something that you think is great and then it, I guess people don't turn up for it or they turn up for it in small amounts and don't like it. That seems easy to suggest that that would be the worst thing, that you have an idea, and I don't know if this has happened to you directly, but you have an idea for something and actually people aren't digging it like you did. It's only happened a few times. When it happens, it's devastating because yeah. it's the same amount of work and you actually That's have, right. <laughs> have, have cajoled, bullied and inveigled mm. people into being into this work mm -mm. hut and, mm. and um, they're looking at track record and his things seem to sort of work generally and, and occasionally they don't. Mm. I, there was one early one called Cold Turkey that should have been... <laughs> <laughs> I said, it'd be a terrible headline, wouldn't it? You know, it's really inviting, a turkey, a turkey. It's about two guys giving up smoking. It was a really funny play written by Patrick Evans, but mm, it never really took off. Mm. Uh, one a couple of years ago called Stage Kiss. I don't know. There was three plays in one, and it was... Uh, da -da -da -da. Um, but mostly they work, and that's... that's, mm. that's, that's uh, I try to work out what the zeitgeist is, yeah. and um, well, that's and, and to a degree that's your that's, job. <laughs> that's my job. Yeah, and, and and they're not just popular things. The Pinter plays are quite bitter and dark, and and I love dark, but but dark and comedy. A tear and a tear and a laugh's the best thing. If you can get an audience to, to laugh and then then be emotional, that's great well, as well. And that's Pinter, and that's Neil the Boot, mm. and it's the Irish guys and uh, Martin mm -hmm. McDonough and Conor McPherson, um, uh, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And Yasmina Ritza, the French writer, is fantastic. And that's why I had an affinity um, with Florian Zella last mm -hmm. year, the French, that French sensibility. God, yeah, I was going to say those Florian Zella plays were amazing. What about this? What is he? Yeah. Why? It's not us, it's not English, it's whatever. But it's, I'm, I can only work as a conduit, you know, as uh, when the when the faucet is open, well, I'm saying faucet. That's a very American. The tap is open, <laughs> uh, and when it's you know, and there's good years and there's bad years, and it's a bit mm. tough at the moment. The mm -hmm. writers are being, you know, lured off to more lucrative mm. fields, and all the good people are passing, more like Tom Stoppard and and David here, aren't so much anymore, and their latest place. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very hard thing, but I have to follow the trail. Or mm. I don't like bringing things back much, but we well, was you, worth the crack. When uh, you bring them back, you bring, you can usually I guess one of the reasons to bring them back is to bring them back with a bit of a spin on them, or because they they were or now are so prescient. Like weed was it weeds was an example of that. Well, weed came. The the best thing is when the thing comes into focus, and mm. just as because mm. you the, these are planned like <laughs> over a year out. Yeah. And some of them go out of focus. Yeah. And the other like weed suddenly there was the marijuana debate. It was in the paper. Yep. Medical marijuana, and we've got to play about weed. Yeah. Oh my god. And the other thing that really worked and it was very successful it was it was. Um, Hound of the Baskervilles, Sherlock Holmes. Suddenly, um, it was back in focus with uh, Sherlock on yeah. TV and Holmes mm. and Mr. Holmes and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And suddenly, that was in the zeitgeist. That was that was fortunate. Yeah, so you get these happy coincidences, happy co oh. or whatever. Or maybe it's a yeah. it's a <laughs> Cos cosmic time. Maybe it's a cosmic skill. Yeah, maybe that's it's right. Divination. That's right. Maybe it's reading the well, future. What, what, what or was that play? What was that play that was here in the? 
I'm putting you on the spot because I can't remember. Um, in the probably in the late '90s, maybe around 2000. I think was it just called Art? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a huge success, right? Well, I was, was I, I was lucky enough to go overseas, and the the British Council, God bless them, paid for me to go over to a course. The course was a bit disappointing actually. By the time we all got there, some asked for their money back <laughs> um, because half the we were going to see these have these wonderful tutors, and they bailed, and we didn't get. And we mm. ended up one morning playing tennis ball games, you know, which people do at drama school. I went, mm. this is a bit poor, guys. <laughs> and the catering wasn't so good either. But um, one of the best things, we saw 14 plays in two weeks. And one of them was up. That's Yasmin Aritza. Mm. And I went, this is great. This is great. So you do go a field, uh, go further afield and see stuff, though not well, my mem My memory of that is that... It's season extended. It's it, it, it's sold out and it's sold, sold out, out and, and it's sold, sold out. Sold and out. again, yeah. it was a, you know, you're talking about. I guess by this point, legacy performers at Circa, you know, stalwarts, yeah, people that that your audience is already going along to just because they happen to be in the work. No, it's the play. It's the I know, play. I know, it's the I know, play. it's the play. But I'm saying there's that bonus as well that you're you're going to attract some people that are like, well, I always go and see Ray. He's, you know, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. been very dependable. I'm going to go and see him or oh, Ken or, you, you know, there, there's got to be a little bit of that happening by that point, I mean. I think it was the chemistry 25 years, of, 30 of, years yeah. into, a, into a, yeah, and the chemistry of, of the, the casting. three guys. That's right. Who yeah, were just yeah. perfectly cast, Bruce Phillips and um, Jeff Thomas and Stephen yes. Gledhill. Yeah. And I, I was looking, funny enough, you know, I thought, when it's time to do art again? Wow, it was, mm. so, it was so successful. Still the thing about mm. this guy, he bought this painting, and it's really about friendship. They're all, they're 40-something, yeah. they're falling apart. These guys, it's, it's, it's a sensibility that the Europeans get on. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're more than mates, they're, their whole lives intertwined, and it's shattering. Their lives are shattering. And the, the painting thing of the white painting yeah. is a sort of a, a criticism of art, but it's really about these three guys. Oh, I and, often think, when's that coming back, that play? Well, I looked at it you and know? I sort of went... No, I yeah, don't think. Right, it's I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, oh, <laughs> it's so, done. I think <laughs> even though Simon's offered to yeah, sponsor it, yeah, I don't that's right. Know. I, that's I right. Think, I think I'll have to just show Simon the video of the early one because <laughs> it didn't. So in the so instead, I'm doing Waiting for Godot, yeah, which I did, which with, is something you can you can well, that, bring that back. was with an older yeah. cast, Ken Blackburn mm. and Peter V. Jones, and I'm doing it with a young cast, mm. and I wonder, I don't know how that will go, but people, it's such a universal symbolic mm -hmm. thing that people bring it back in hard, rotten, ghastly times, and someone said that's a bit timely. When mm. I, I read a thing that said. It comes back beautifully when, when the world is disrupted and, and going through a torrid time, which mm -hmm. I think it is, mm. for many reasons. And um, there's this play of devastation and, and loneliness and isolation and mateship and waiting for something that may never happen or mm. might happen. And um, people do it with a coloured cast. They do it with... Mm -hmm. uh, you're not allowed to actually muck around with it, you can't do it with women, women have done it cast, or it was done in Sarajevo at the time with a young cast and they're sort of in slightly military fatigues and I've seen it done in, a, a number of times and I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it mm. but I, I've cast mm. it with mm -hmm. younger people and um, see how You're going to do right. something with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something with it. And Rosencrantz and Guildenstern's kind oh, of like the yeah. updated version yeah. of that, that that is one that, you know, I've seen a couple of productions yeah. of and that can always come back for that the same sorts of back. reasons. It is. Plus it's, it's that a... thing of, um, 
you know, with, with Stoppard at his, at his peak, people just love the, the, the use of language, right? Absolute use of language, which... Ah, I've got it. You know, the first player, that's just reminded me, the first player I ever saw here was Tom Stoppard, Arcadia. That's right. That that's is, directed by so Susan just, Wilson, yep. and that came back. And, that's and that what, came back. Yep. And it's pretty bright about chaos theory and things, and yeah. I don't know that an audience now would be so broad. I think I stayed it. up all I, night I after seeing that. I think people did. The, the woman from the fish shop went and said, I saw Arcadia. So <laughs> didn't quite... Because mm, it was pretty out there. Mm. And somebody's sort of snobby parents said, oh, you've got to see Arcadia, you've got to see Arcadia. And it is a bit of a brain teaser, as you say. And um, they said, oh, we didn't really understand it. And they said, then you must go and see it again. <laughs> oh, it, it, um, it profoundly affected me. It, yeah. it kept me up all that night, and I think I probably did, um, you know, wrote screeds and screeds of really bad poetry, which I've kind of never, once, once that faucet or tap was turned on for me, I've never been able to stop. But, you know, I, it did. It just lit some kind of fire. Like, wow. I had an absolute reaction yes. to it. It, was, yeah. it wasn't that I thought I could be, because who could be Tom Stoppard, but it just, it just did something for me. It was like, I need to go and see that again. I need to go and see so many things. I need to, you know, well, read so many things. I was already doing that, but that really... Well, that one, and you're asking me, and, mm. and getting uh, uh, unselfishly off my own mm -hmm. ego for a moment, and the thing that did it for me is what we opened here, which is Angels in America. Right, yeah. And that's brought back and back, and yes. it's, still, it's still, I mean, sit back in the Reagan era and things and AIDS and all that stuff, but it's, a, it's more than that. It's about universal pestilence, of mm -hmm. which we seem to have plenty at the moment, and, um, and we've never done the second half of that one, she was called a kind of Alaska or something. No, what's it called? It's called Millennium Approaches, it's mm -hmm. the next half. Mm. But we looked at doing that and we, we never have, but uh, it's a monster too. I mm. mean, it, it's, it, it's a huge mm. cast and mm. all our best actors were, were in that and we opened with that. Mm. And that's, it's very hard. The standout iconic plays, they bring them back, Britain brings them back all the time, and you know, we go through the Chekhovs and things like that. Mm. I haven't done many classics. I, you know, once I got onto Neil Aboot, I went, yes. And I, but I wrote it, and then Neil started to, he uses that appearance thing, and, and you went, oh, Neil, this, and, and the last one, which I didn't do, I sort of went, I think you've, yeah. this horse is starting to fold. Oh, a he's got bit, a, you know? I, Now, the title escapes me, but I just read the script for a pretty recent one of his, which I thought. Oh, you might be on something. I thought another, that's. Another. I'll, I'll, after this, I'll find it out and, see, and okay. tell you the title because uh, I can't think of it, but I was like, man, I want to see that one okay. done. Okay, but he used that to was, do sort of the, the yes. you know, about, man, a pretty, just the appearance. He just worked, worked a, a mm -hmm. vein, mm -hmm. um, and then that vein sort of wore out, and I mm. haven't sort of, I sort of moved on to mm. sort of things. But now, you have to read screeds and yes. loads of things to find. I said, you know, yeah, I'm panning through the gravel looking for gold, and then mm. so, some player. Yeah, player, how many? How dare you call us gravel? Well, it's true well, though. Like, yeah, how many so frogs do you have to kiss to find your you your prince? <laughs> it's and and it's it's not easy to write a play that will work, and that's mm. why when I found the father, I went, oh my god, this yeah. is just so great. Yeah. The set and the thing is all part of it, and. The Florence Zeta was able to put you through the experience of what it's like to have dementia. And I went, mm. oh my God, no one's going to come to dementia. It's disease of the weak stuff, blah, blah, blah. But people mm. went, thank you for that. And it just turned out 
that you know one in three people will be tangentially touched by this terrible affliction and condition and um, and people did come and see it but but what the playwright was able to do is make you uh, yes. First of all, to tease you and to, to yeah. intrigue you. Yeah, and lull then, you into and a then false lull sense. you into a, a sort of yep. whatever. Mm. And then you go, oh my God, he's not, and is he? And, and you go, yep, yep. That's and it was both um, profoundly hilarious and utterly heartbreaking. Uh, you know? Isn't that the best, and though? Y- usually, go yes. Go for that. Absolutely. I mean, you, but you that's, that's of... um, easy to say and hard to do, right? And that actually, that actually walked that line. Get the balance. And and in some ways obliterated that line so so amazingly. In the end, you go, oh, no laughing matter mm-hmm. now. But, mm-hmm. And then some critics went, well, hang on, not, not for this, but they go, is this a comedy or is this yes. drama? And you go, <laughs> it's both and that's the best. What are you talking about? Yeah. And the drama enhances the comedy and vice versa. That's what you, that's what we're here for. Yeah. For a, and we're here for a Yes, tear. we've long since got past that. You would hope that, you know, I know some people still want to be told what they're supposed to think of something before they see it. And, and that does my head in because I, I feel my, you know, my pretty uncultured view of it is, or, or uneducated view of it is that, you know, theatre is supposed to talk to and represent life, and life is both funny and sad isn't all the it? time, you know, and it isn't just, you don't just have a great day and a shit day. When you look at it, each day is made up of bits of either. It's just that you have a particular highlight or low light that Absolutely. you focus on. But the films are going there now, and, and mm. apart from the whole, I mean, the killing of a sacred deer, mm. you're going... Mm. Oh my God! Are you serious? What am I actually watching? What am like, I watching? Yeah. What, How did this, this just going? twist? Yeah. And and then I go and look at. All oh, right, so it's based on some sort of Greek thing where you know mm-hmm. killing your firstborns and that's just a way of life. Mm. But you're going. I'm not used to this. And Pip Adams' and, novel, um, which won the award uh, this year, was did a, a a version of that where it just discarded what what it was about. Tw- you know, uh, sort of a few pages from the end it discards what it's actually about and becomes about something else know, but you need to go through the experience of reading those pages to to watch what it does it's still new enough book that I don't want to give away okay. what actually yeah, happens yeah. but you know and that doesn't happen very often in, in, a, in a novel or a, mm. a book we will talk about theatre a lot and we will continue to We've touched on the TV thing, but um, another aspect of your of your CV, if well, I guess your career, but your certainly your CV is is some film work over the years. And I guess what I want to first of all say, and then know about that. First of all, I want to say you're in one of my absolute favourite films that was shot in New Zealand, which I didn't know until I saw your CV, which is Battle Truck, because I saw it when I was really young. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a great response. It's, it, that, that film, was, had a, again, had a profound effect on me, because I think I was taken to it when I was far too young. All right. and, uh, and I didn't know what to... But I've, I've watched it again since. And, um, and, I, and I, you know, I know it's schlock, but it's wonderful schlock. Uh, you're also in one of the worst films, I think, that's come out of this country, which was Send a Gorilla. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Maybe that's why my career didn't sort of go as far as my friend Sam Niels, who's seen. He's done, he's done quite well. He's actually. done all right. He's, he's done, done all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's good. Good. Yeah. Good, good oh. work. Um, Battle Track, amazing. <laughs> they flew us down and. Uh, because that built... wasn't a New Zealand production, was it? Well, it was, no. co- you know, it was shot here, but it was an international It's done by film. an American guy yeah. called Harvey Cokeless. Yeah. I don't think he was Cokeless, to be perfectly honest, <laughs> the way they cowboyed yeah. around the place. Yeah. And I, and I, 
it had a Roger Corman connection, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and um, I've still got the hat. And, wow. Um, and the, the dialogue was sort of a cross between Ozark nonsense. Yes. And they built, they got this logging truck and built it into a, you know, a, ma- yes. a pre-Mad Max and That's all right. that sort of thing. And uh, Marshall Napier and I <laughs> were sitting in the front of this, of the cab of this thing. Mm. And Marshall's deathless line was, is that the wind? And my, my, my line was, taint neither. <laughs> and then the crew would crack up and they'd say, oh, quiet please, this is not funny. Is that the wind? And I'd say, taint neither. <laughs> we couldn't stop. So we were called the Taint Neither Brothers and um, Johnny Bates and people. Then we had a good time on the set. Yeah. It was during the time of the Springbok tour and on the down weekend, the, the gaffers and people wanted to drive it to, <laughs> to drive the battle truck <laughs> to Dunedin and go onto the field and stop the game, which in the battle truck, you were pretty safe. Mm-hmm. But somebody got wind of it and they never did. And it would have been um, the most incredible... Even now, it would be the most incredible guerrilla marketing campaign for the film. Oh, absolutely. And they, they were serious. They were going mm. to stop the tour with the mm. battle truck. Mm. <coughs> the battle truck finally went over a cliff. That's right. Um, I don't know where they even went and picked up the bits. Yeah, they're probably still there. You know, yeah. they, There was a bit of search and destroy going on in those mm. days with film people. They came to town, wrecked the place and pissed off again. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I said to the guy, so, so what did you do in the engine? Drove it off a cliff, mate. Drove it off a cliff. I said, D- <laughs> what, did, it, did it blow up on the way down? He said, three times. <laughs> but I mean, Proudly, it's, three times. To- boom, bam. <laughs> but, and Because yeah. you get one take to throw yes. the battle truck over <laughs> Mount Aspiring or whatever. They but do. I mean, it's a, a far more successful film in terms of its... Um, vision, what it's trying to do and be, than something like Shake a Run, which was a big production yeah. that came to New Zealand, you know, and, and did its thing, which has, has a charm about it, but, um, you know, I, I feel like Battle Truck's a bit well, of, a, a, bit of a, a, well, not even a loss, but a cult classic. It's, it, it's, it's in video shops, and, yeah. I, and, and I don't get any money for it, so it's done. <laughs> um, and I've still got the hat. And in the end, I, I, was, I was wired up to be shot. For, and I stayed on set for three days, and then they couldn't afford anyone. They sent me <laughs> home. So a stand-in um, gets shot. And then, because I was wired, you know, with explosive charges and walking around, it's pretty hard to eat your lunch and think, so I hope they don't go off. Um, I hope that stand-in's not getting your video residuals. It was sort of America comes to Queenstown, mm. and mm. Um, there was a guy who's the big sort of thing, he was a sort of a, a faded film, sort of, very sort of square-jawed chap mm. who's the, the hero of the thing. And he said, uh, are you going to shoot this one, mate? Uh, I think I'll do a cowboy close-up. And he went, shit, what's, what's a cowboy close-up? And he says, it's on me? And, yeah, it's on me real close. And he goes, and, and makes one of his muscles in his face go sort of, you know, twitch, twitch, mm. twitch, you know. Mm-mm. It's so close that mm. it's just the tiniest thing. And he also had a thing where he said, I need a box. Um, so he would loom into shot to be the biggest sort of thing. It would be in shot. Mm. He'd stand on the box and then he'd just loom into frame. These were, these were B-grade techniques yeah. refined by yeah. the yeah. best crap Hollywood actors. <laughs> the, the cowboy close-up and the, the apple box for getting, yeah. getting into things. Yeah. But I haven't even been able to make my face independently 
twitch muscle-wise. <laughs> I sort of just used the whole... Yeah, that, that, was, that was so fun. I was in the early days, um, you got parts. I got cut out of quite a few things because I had cameo parts because yeah. I couldn't be... because I had my day job. Yeah. And, um, so you might turn up for a day or a few... I get know, a few here days. And, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I... And, and Sleeping Dogs, I'm, my bit's cut. And in um, the one about Stanley Graham town yeah. on, the, on the thing, which is, that was brilliantly directed uh, by Mike Newell and uh, my bit, and, and everybody laughed and thought it was quite funny, but it never made Should have seen made. if you could have got your bit from Send a Gorilla I Car. Know, I know. Uh, well, um, <laughs> I mean, the only yeah, thing you could say that would make that yeah. film okay to me would be that it was shot in a single afternoon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a gig's a gig. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it's not. Yeah, um, exactly. It was. Uh, I think I was some sort of drugged out person. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, I. Uh, we got. Uh, it was exciting. Yeah. There, there were things no, were happening. And, it, and also, happening. also, also a gig's yeah. a gig as well, right? Yeah, There's that yeah, for a start. It's to, work. Yeah. Now, because you've, you, I mean, because you've done. Um, You've done, had to do, chosen to do work that's not acting or directing work in between. You have that's just a reality that at times in your life, you do work to you know like when there's no theatre season happening, there's no it's money coming in. It's a hard out. road to mm. hoe, and I've always thought you need some extra stuff. And I tell mm. people, and see one of teaching students, you know, make sure you got a doctor's degree or lawyer in your back pocket. It'll help, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. Um, it's still not a career path in New Zealand, really, except for the very, very lucky mm. ones. But even someone like Robin Malcolm, and they have downtimes and things. Yeah. You, you don't work constantly yeah. as an actor, and as a as a director, the same thing. So, you, you, yes, yes, yeah. you do you, other bits and pictures. And that's becoming a thing now. People do have day jobs yeah. and and do a bit of acting, run the other way around. And I think we're losing fully professional actors because they. They get to a certain age, go. They want some security. A house and a thing, yeah. and I want to have, um, uh, yeah, something in their mm. lives that's mm. better. Mm. So you continue to do, I don't know what, two, three, four, five plays a year as a director, roughly, like on average over the last few years. It's somewhere in those numbers, isn't it? Probably getting less. Oh, I know. Yeah. I was going to say in um, what's the Stanley Graham thing called? Uh, do you know that film about? You know, in the West Coast. Yeah, I can't think of it, but... Yeah, yeah, um, anyway, uh, the, the lead role was Australian guy Jack Thompson. Mm. And they showed my bit at the rushes and Jack Thompson came out and very laconic said, bloody good effort, mate. And I mean, that just made my... <laughs> Jack Thompson. Yeah. Jack Thompson yeah. said a cut from the film, but I still got Jack Thompson. You got him on tape Jack saying, Thompson, mate. Yeah. Jack Thompson. <laughs> you got him on tape saying that? Because yeah, then that can no, go on the showreel. Yeah, go on the showreel. <laughs> but you, I mean, yeah, it might be a little bit less than that, but you're still doing, uh, you know, a good couple of things or more a year as a director, roughly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and is that a manageable, well, obviously that's a manageable thing, that, that feels like that's still quite a lot of work. I don't, I mean, I think at the most I did four or five plays, you know, mm. they're, they're very, in, in our system, you you don't have a producer, you're the producer, the mm. thing, the stuff, it's all on your shoulders, and it's, uh, and uh, we're right in the middle of it at the moment, even mm. as we speak, mm. and uh, there's just so many aspects which are, 
Um, I like it when I go to another theatre to work because the advertising and all that sort of <laughs> stuff <laughs> is 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 broke, broken off and and compartmentalised and siloed. But here you're sort of part of it all. Mm -hmm. You do have other people to do it, but it's it's sort of down to you. Whereas yeah. um, when you're jobbing acting, you go to the court or the late fortune or up yeah. to um, centre point. Uh, yeah, they've got their the team, yeah, you just turn up and do your bit. And, uh, yeah. It's also you're not responsible if it doesn't actually go. It's not your, yeah, well, yeah, it yeah. your fault. Yeah. Most I, I have chosen things that stand a commercial success and, and, and they have worked mm. well. You mm. don't want to come to town and leave with the smell of failure in your nostrils. But mm. theatre's getting harder. There's just mm. so much extra choice now people. for people to spend their disposable. Younger people, I think, might like music. Their mm -hmm. theatre's not, not quite fast and furious enough. Having said that, there's a, there's a healthy scene for, for bats and, and people like that, young people uh, mm. wanting their own sort of stories. It's quite political now, you know, and gender-oriented and... Um, that, that we're getting agit prop again, you know, agitation prop again, mm, which mm. never used to work much here. We're not that political. But the younger people are, they've got causes and things again, thank, thank God, because mm. we had them once upon a time. And um, Well, all of that um, becomes reflected in the creative work and drives new creative work. Yeah, it's got people something to say, but uh, mm. just being angry with something to say, you've got to inveigle and you know the audience in and, and, mm. and, and bring them in and I say that we the worst thing you can do is um, is preach I say we don't preach we insinuate mm -hmm. we get you in and mm. you in false insecure and then then get the message around the side does it change people's minds does it change their view of life a bit we hope so um, Peter Cook once the late, great Peter Cook said, I had a lot to do with German Camaray um, pre-World War II, <clears throat> which did so much to inhibit the rise of Herr Hitler. Mm. And that's, that's about right. Mm. Um, sometimes I don't think theatre does inhibit the rise of Herr Trump or Herr mm. Hitler. Mm. You can point out the, the things and people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes I think just seeing it is the same as doing something about it. Mm. Um, that's mm. Peter Cook was being very ironic, saying, mm. does it really? <laughs> I, um, but I've been lucky enough to work with some of the world's best writers. It's mm. stunning to work with. You, you were going to ask me, saying, what's, what's so good about this? Yeah. Why would you do it? Yeah. On a good day, upstairs, you can't think of anything better. You get a, a, a bunch of people that you, uh, or that you know, or don't know, who mm. are extremely talented. Mm, that you get and, to know, And yep. you get to know, you watch them at work, you collaborate. I don't really want to do things on my own. I love collaboration, even writing or working mm. in that way. And uh, you bring a really astonishing piece of work to life and hopefully put it before um, a live audience who go, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. We, we think that's great. And and, and what's what could be better? And the writing, I've, I've, as you know, as we've been over some of the best mm. writers mm. who just take and take the language out on a spree. They know how to how to string words together. They, they might, we may be losing. And it's maybe that's not a thing. Uh, well, it's know. an actor's job, particularly in theatre. It's an actor's <coughs> job to to service the script, to sell the words. Yeah. You know, to to 
convey the story, and the story comes back to the words, the script. Um, and you, you know, but also, I, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I walked out of Circa feeling even slightly disappointed with what I've seen. It's usually good or great, you know. Wow. I really feel like, and wow. I, I feel like, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of shows the last, here, the last two or three years, maybe the last four years quite regularly, most of the things that have had a long season, a regular season I've been to, and I can't remember, there was, I can't even think what it was, but there was one a couple of years ago that I was, and it wasn't yours, by the way, because <laughs> I know you were going to ask me that, yeah. but, um, no. you know, it, it, it was slightly underwhelming, and that's one out of, you know, dozens, so... You know, and okay, I'm I'm one out of hundreds yeah. that have gone to it, so it's just my thoughts. But I feel like that's been the tone of it. But you're telling me that none of that makes it easy work, or you know, it's still hard work, and it's it's still there's no promise of an audience, and it's diminishing returns, <laughs> or it can feel like that in some ways. But you, I, there's I, a I, hallmark of quality going on here, is what I'm trying I, to say. I almost wanted a t-shirt or a bumper sticker that said. Um, Theatre, it's live and it's dangerous, mm. like electricity. Mm. Mm. Um, it seems like electricity, why? Because it's live and dangerous. You can fail, you mm. can fail. Mm. You've got to get everything right until people still not, might not come. Mm. But if you get it wrong, mm. then, then you'll reap the whirlwind, I'm afraid. And uh, it's, it's that difficult. But we have been, over, over time, um, a production house, and our stuff came out mm. with our brand on it. Mm. We're taking in um, a lot more outside sort of stuff yeah. now. So, yeah, yeah. I was going to so say the structure the, of it's changed a little bit. You're doing some doing some shorter seasons, shorter some seasons development and the stuff. Quality, yep. Um, we hope will 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 remain, but it's not as yeah. That becomes a gamble. It is a gamble. It's more mm -hmm. gambly than when it was a, a pretty much a a production house. Yes, that, yes. Um, sort of in-house, yeah. did this stuff with some, a bit of, out, uh, always, there was always some outside sorts of things. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a more open thing. People, oh, it's a closed shop. Well, it's no, it's an open shop. So yeah. bring your stuff, but it's got, a, it, there's only one criteria. It's got it's to be good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and as you say, no matter how good it is, even the best thing can still somehow fail on the night, yeah, right? Yeah. You can have shows that, I'm thinking with, especially with the uneasy blurring of comedy and drama and so many things now, <clears> you can have jokes that perhaps don't hit on one night. Well, I don't know that you can hit across a generation. Yeah, that's now, right. Simon. Yeah. And I mean, the father crossed sort of, mm. I, I, I sort of said, well, why is the father working? I said, well, it's about Alzheimer. If you're talking about the, about, um, the kids, that's their parents. If you're talking about you know, the parents, that's their grandparents. Mm. And if you're talking about me, it's me, mm. uh, mm. you know, mm. and so it crossed a lot. But trying to do a sense of humour that 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 works for everybody mm. is um, it's, it's pretty harder now. I mean, mm -hmm. there is a uh, quite a disparate thing between generations and things, and what people like and and don't like, and uh, finding that universal thing. The pantomime works. Yes, yes, and, and that's, we never mm, thought it would. It was a and that's thing. long running. Yeah, now? but it was a British pomp yes. thing, you know, sort of the Christmas pantomime and you might get Ian McKellen playing the dame and someone said it'll never work here and, you, and you, Christmas was a shit time for us. Yes. There were Christmas parties and people didn't go to the theatre. I thought, oh, I'll try a pantomime. And, um, and they worked there. Paul Gendon, the late Paul Gendon, used to write them and write the original music for them and they're a kind of a musical bastardised hybrid mm. kind mm. of thing. 
and th they they seem to work. They seem to work. Well, there are there are you know you've got to go into them with the right spirit, and you've got a lot of regulars that that do the work here, <coughs> and I guess they create that spirit for people that you've just got to turn up and understand that you're part of a a jolly folly. You know, it's a jolly folly. <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's. Um Knockabout. It's, it's fast. Shakespeare. It's, yep. it's um, breaks the fourth wall. Mm -hmm. Kids come forward. It's a family mm. thing. Um, there's music and. Oh, my son went to my son went to it twice last year, and yeah. he's looking. He's already looking forward to going yeah. at least twice this year. You know, like he doesn't want to just see it once. And Are he's may, he's only seven. He's only about to turn seven, but he's he already gets that okay. it's slightly different each time. Are we making a theatre goer? Uh, well, yeah, Are we he's creating a theatre. Yeah, I think so. He's well, possibly a theatre director, <laughs> actually, because I'm, right. I'm getting the sense that it's so lucrative, you know. From <laughs> <laughs> so, you're in the middle of, or towards the end of your um, rehearsals and production of when, the, by the time people hear this, the show will have started. It's under Milk Wood. <coughs> you want to give That's that right. a plug, and we'll talk a bit about that. It's just, um, um, it's an astounding, it's a bit of a pantomime. Mm. Um, it's got sort music. Of, and it comes from, a, you know, you're talk, uh, talking about good writers and, and being lucky to work with good writers. <laughs> who wrote, like, who wrote these words? It's <laughs> iconic. Who wrote this? Yeah. Who's, whose boat is this boat? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's, it's an iconic piece and I've known about it, you know, for, mm. for a long time because it, the radio, it's probably the best radio play you've written, but mm. it's not three dimensions, it's in the radio. And there's a hundred characters and it's and, and, and the language is just out on a spree using, you know, sort of, that's what it's known for. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful use of sort of language. And it's, uh, I keep saying iconic, there must be another word for iconic. Well known, anyway, the brand itself, the thing is selling well because people, ah, I haven't met anyone who doesn't go, what is that? Yeah. They've heard of it, yeah, like Hamlet or something. They've heard of Dylan Thomas. And they've heard of, and they've heard of I yep. hope, um, Waiting for Godot. Yes. And they've heard of this thing. So what is this thing? Mm. Well, it's a huge radio play poem thing. And, uh, and some people might be silly enough to try and put it in three dimensions and put it on stage. And I said, yeah, yeah. And I saw some video of um, people often, uh, as a film exercise, put images to, to the words and mm -hmm. things and grab Richard Burton's voice you know, to begin at the beginning, blah, blah, blah. And, and, uh, and I thought, I wonder if a bit of video might help, you know, to, and uh, we'll cut the cast down. How, 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 how low can you go? Okay, five actors playing 10 parts each. We'll see how we go with that. And then it bugged me. I thought, what have I signed up for? This is crazy. I, and, and I used to listen to a disc of it in the, in, in the car over and over, and it, and it gradually started to get the pictures. And usually it's much easier. Mm. But, it, but people pop up in all directions. They're in no real location. Mm. And it's not like a play. So the, play, the script is just the voices. So <clears throat> with a lot of work from it, first of all, cast your playwright. And, and I've got everyone I could possibly want. And they can all sing, because there's four songs in the bloody thing. And um, so I got Gareth Farr to do the music. It's the first time I've worked with Gareth. And um, how, how wrong can you go? He's mm. just, just And again, he's, he's done lots of stuff at and for Circuit. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. haven't worked yeah. with him, but he does, he, his name comes up all the time here. Well, he, he, he does it as a favour. He yeah. makes his living by doing, yep. by working for the lucrative. And then he comes and 
helps us they're down at the poor end of town and he's just genius mm. and um, he's got all he wrote the music for the songs and, mm. and, and gave them all their parts mm. and he's writing these underscores and then <clears throat> got some people to do some video and I don't know how that's going to go yet we've got a whole video <laughs> yeah. that goes and we haven't put the disparate elements together at this point right yeah yeah uh, because is there's a missing hole which is sort of a visual element um, in, in this current you know sort mm. of climate mm. where they they want a bit more visual so by god they're going to get it <laughs> they're going to get you know 90 minutes of 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 uh, av and music and acting and singing a little bit of da- not really dancing um and it's like and it's like a pantomime and we're breaking the fourth wall we're talking to the audience and i'm going this is a mad piece of welsh wonderfulness. It's mm. quite sublime. Mm. This is me now. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll talk, you know, but talk to you again afterwards. I'll talk to you again, but started. we had a run through that and went, this, this could actually work, mm. which is what you feel at this point. And then you have a week where you try to put everything together and it's mad and crazy, but it's got some terrific elements. And it's funny and sad. It's what I was talking mm. about. Mm. And in the one breath, there's a sort of a character called Bessie Bighead who's sort of sad played brilliantly by Gavin Rutherford a bit better and, 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 and the actors are being cows and things and then it suddenly goes very sort of sad and sweet and, and it says you know that the, um, the knight sucks his soul out and spits it into the sky hmm. and you go that's pretty fucking good actually you know well, Gav- um, you and, mentioned Gavin Rutherford he's, yeah. he's been a guest of the podcast he's kind of he's a stalwart at Circa he is the always the uh, aforementioned dame of your pantomimes and he is I guess um, kind of my generation's version of you know Ken and Ray and yeah, himself yeah, yeah. and the and the, the original circus store it's he's kind of like the next generation well even below that is yes. Simon Leary yes yeah. and thing yes. Simon's incredibly multi-talented yes. and so he's in this too and Simon's in an amazing yep. performer Kathleen Burns who yep. from Christchurch has come up to be in this and he's a brilliant singer and mm. Carmel McGlone, who's just sublime and just give her mm. anything to do. And uh, and is there someone missing? Yeah, Jeff Kingsford Brown is another Brown. is another pantomime is another stalwart. Pantomime stalwart, yep. and he's just multi-talented. Yes. He can sing. Yep. Uh, Gareth went. They can all sing, and I went. Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. But I I, I didn't realise how integral the singing has become. Yeah. And uh, we even had another little sort of coda at the end, sort of because it finishes on the video, and they come and sing um, all through the night in beautiful harmonies that Gareth's done. Mm. And Jeff, I wasn't leaving Jeff out. He's mm. he's um, uh, extremely experienced, and the, this is this is a dream cast, and, mm. and everyone says that, but it really is. Mm. It really is. I can't, I go and they go. No, there's no no one, no one can do this any better in, in our thing. You see, this is a funny thing, I've got to work with a script, which, I, which the, the force that isn't there, mm. I've got to work with the clay I work with is, are the actors, and if they're not available and they pull out or something like that, you're, you're in street, mm. shit street. Mm. Um, and mostly, 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 I've been lucky to get exactly the people I want, mm. and you go, it couldn't be anyone else. Though some of someone pulls out and you put another person yeah. in and you go, and you still couldn't be anyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Now, you get to do this, this runs through, and then you basically get um, 
you'll have your, your sort of break and the pantomime will take over and take circa through Christmas and into the new year and how much, you know, obviously your season for next year is already sorted and booked and planned and scheduled, but how much are you looking to take on next year? I'm just doing, I'm just doing one play next year. Mm. I'm just doing Waiting for Godot. Um, mm. It's not that I didn't want to. I just couldn't find something that I thought would, mm. in this, this tricky climate would, would do better than that. I'm doing some play readings. I do other things. I yeah. do a bit of coaching and I do a bit of teaching and, yeah. and some role plays and all that sort of stuff. And I thought I might do some bit more travelling and things because these damn plays... They, you know, you no sooner finish one, then you're sort of planning the next one. And yeah, yeah, next yeah. Next thing, years have gone by. And you go, I haven't been overseas for. <laughs> there must be something. I want to go and play golf. I want to go and play. Well, I do. Yeah, yeah. I don't play golf. I just hit things and walk about in nature, and, and it's very therapeutic. Um, but yeah, uh, I haven't had a look over around for a while, mm. and uh, I was waiting for the writers to get their shite together and. Um, and do me things. I'm waiting for Florian Zeller's play to become. Uh, they're going to be translated. He's mm-hmm. written another four or five, and I'm, I'm reading and looking. And it's, so he's your he's 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 your he's go-to guy. guy. He's your new guy at the guy. moment. Yeah. And I'm going to um, send you the name of this new new ish Neil, Neil Le- Le- Neil. You yeah. might go back to him when you read yeah, that. Absolutely. Or yeah. anything else you you yeah. come across, or any of your listeners who've been overseas and seen something, but I, yeah. I, you keep in touch now with the net and going, ah, oh, British Theatre, there's a lot of mm. recycling, there's a lot of, mm. you know, that the new thing is to take an old thing and then ream it out and, and do that. And I'm not, I've always thought you, it's not a lack yes, of imagination, I think you serve the author, it's not about my ego and sort of, oh, and some people have a reputation for putting spin on it and mm, uh, mm. colonising it and, you know, and sort well, of... sometimes uh, too, I think, I do you think, think some things like History Boys and that, once they become a movie or whatever, then it can be hard to, I mean, it can be really rewarding to take something back to the stage if it started on the stage, but sometimes when it becomes a movie that become, becomes more iconic for people or, or just more accessible, more available. And then, you know... I think that kills it a bit. People mm. think they've seen mm. it. That's right. They think, oh, yeah. well, I don't need to tick off that experience because I had yeah. this one. And it's like, actually, they're, separate, they're still separate experiences. You can do both. Yep. yep. Um, and, and, and my man, Anthony McCartan, went, here's mm. the play. Uh, I went, wow, and it's about two popes and things, and it's being made into a film mm. with Anthony Hopkins and... Um, Someone else, I'm going, that's sort of mucked us up a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Pope's, what? This is strange. So we're going to do a reading of it and, mm. and, um, and so on. But I'm, I'm just looking for that. After the Father, it's sort of like, mm, it, was so, it was so good. It was such a brilliant yeah, experience. Yeah, it was amazing. Brilliant cast, everything. It's sort of like, you know, Shadow to Feet, which was they drinking. I think, I don't know whether I can go back to. Villa Maria now. Um, you know, it's got to, you, you've got to want to top, well, I, top I was, yourself. Not I'll, top yourself. Um, that's <laughs> yeah, when they yeah, don't yeah. work. Yeah, you I was want gonna, to sort of, <laughs> you, you don't want to go, oh, I'm looking, it sets the bar. And you go, I don't want to go I back, was going to say that the, the uh, Florian Zeller, the father, was a bit like Arcadia for me, but actually it had the opposite effect. It made me stop writing. It's like, what's the point? This guy's got it all covered. Like, why would you even try? But, but I did follow it up with the next line, Zeta, which, yeah. was, uh, which was The Lie. Yeah, yeah, which was also And wonderful. I went, oh, God, I'm going to get stick now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was all about that, and this is just sort of couples, you know, 
uh, fighting and fucking and you know and that but but had a thing I'd never seen before, which is a reveal after the mm-hmm. curtain call and smart and he was doing that thing and oh, people, great. people went and I went because uh, yeah. we actually had trouble with the rights and I had to yeah. swap it in and out with something yeah. else. I went, this is this is getting really too hard. And um, it worked. And, and then you go, oh, I've dodged a bullet. Please don't make me go over the top again. No, please, you know. And there's bullets coming in all directions, but I'm pretty happy with with Dylan Thomas. He's, he's done quite a good job, Mr yeah. Thomas. He, yeah. You know, so I've, I'm hedging my bets a little yeah. bit there and waiting for Godot. Yeah, yeah. And I'm waiting like for Godot. I'm waiting for the next, yeah. the next big thing. That, yeah. uh, and I wish it was more New Zealand. Our writing is... Yeah, they're a bit small and things. It's a, you know, I read them all and that they're they're not hitting the bigger. T- it's a bit siloed. I think little sort of smallish, smallish topics and smallish mm. plays. They're not the big. But musicals are coming back. Everyone wants now wants to write musicals. They want to write the big New Zealand musical. I guess there might be money in it. But there's also a whole lot of people out there, and I've got some who can sing and mm. they like they want to sing and dance. They want to do musicals. So that's the thing, but um, well, musicals have um, lost their stigma or something a bit. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, they I'm can sure, be about anything. I'm sure there's been a bunch of people that have always loved musicals and and continued to and never thought there was a stigma. But in the mainstream, there's been a few big, big things that have really, you know, well, they're created for a whole new generation, yeah. like Hairspray and things like that. There's things that. that have been around for a little while, but they're just, they're bringing in new people. But Paul Jenner wrote Cancer the Musical, mm-hmm. and, mm. right, and um, um, we pitched things that this is a musical about, uh, it's a comedy, but it's about uh, uh, somebody who's a schizophrenic or manic depressive. We go, mm. oh, okay, uh, all right. And we're going to get Shortland Street, the musical. Yeah, we're going to so get that's that and that genre. But Peter yeah. saying in this genre yes. doesn't have to be hairspray. Yeah. In fact, that's about racial things when you look mm, at hairspray. Mm, it's a bit mm. dressed up, but um, you go, oh, it's about oh, that vaguely touches a topic. Um, and you've got you know French revolutions and all that sort of stuff and Vietnam War, but people are looking within that genre to do something that that's one earlier this year, Carrie, you know, Carrie the musical. Mm. Mm. Blood, blood and I just word. caught um, bits of the Toxic Avenger, the musical, and the Toxic Avenger, yeah, and it looked, I'm going to watch the whole thing, it, it looked, there's a, uh, like a DVD of an American performance of it, and it looked amazing, but, you know, the Toxic Avenger was one of those great ridiculous schlock movies that I grew up with, like oh like God. a horror version of Battle Truck. Like a, you Battle know, Truck the Musical. Battle, Battle Truck the Musical. Yeah. You've still got the hat. You've still got the hat. I've got the hat. That's why make got Battle... The hat. You've got the hat. We've got to make Battle Truck great again. I think we all can for, make all Battle for the Truck. first time. I think we can. <laughs> I think um, a bit of a crowd um, funding type thing after yeah. this, yes. I think we'll yes. probably be okay for money. Yep. Yep. And um, uh, the song Taint Neither, <laughs> and uh, is that the wind Taint Neither? Yeah. I, I think could Gareth, really could Gareth go. Gareth Farr's already writing. Oh, Gareth would just, it would just be so, it would be moving and yeah. funny. Yeah. And um, A Cowboy Close Up, another, yeah. another great song. And, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, battle, battle. and uh, and you know, bring in a bit of a panto element. We'll have we'll have Gareth dressed up, uh, Gavin dressed up as his dame character Good driving. Yeah. Well, Roger hasn't gone into gliding on the musical, but uh, 
I think you've got to draw the line somewhere or something, I guess. <laughs> um, it's been a great pleasure talking to you about all this Me stuff. Me too. The time, it's, 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 we've it, been talking for, we've, for we've, a long time. It's flown by, and yeah. I, I actually have to go and do another interview. So, um, oh yeah, so I'm, I'm not even all talked out. But uh, good luck for the season. Well, we're, we're already 20% booked. Yeah. And, 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 before the, and this has never really happened. For, for, for ages, and that's the recognition of uh, Dylan Thomas. Uh, those who know it, the Welsh societies have been in touch, yeah, and yeah. we did pre-bookings, people yeah. coming down from New Plymouth, the Welsh thing. Um, some, so we got an inquiry saying, are you going to be doing it Welsh? You're not going to be doing it New Zealand? No, we're not going to go to begin at the beginning, and that we are going to do it as Welsh as we can be. Mm. We don't. Not everybody goes yeah. does a Welsh. You know, we not have, everyone's worked next to Ray Henwood we're, for we're not, most of their life and can just slip not, into we're it. We're not Welshing it up. Those who can, there's enough yes. of it, and we're doing it with absolute respect yes. and reverence. And um, already, there's there's great interest because it's it's it's. I hope it's a must-see, but it's also a, a strange thing, like when we did Kinley, it's a should-see. When my gardener guy came, you mm. know, a student helps me out the garden, he said, I'm, I'm going to see Kinley. I said, can you afford it? He said, not really, but I should see it. And I went, it's a should-see. Mm. I should have that on my bucket, ticked yeah. off, saw King Lear. So, and um, under Milkwood is a, is a should-see. You should have that. Yep. Um, tucked away somewhere yep. and waiting for Cotto. Those, those iconic things. Because mm. they, won't, they won't not come again, I don't mm, think. Mm. The way writing is at the moment, movies and things is poaching it all away. My old desk does an arabesque In the morning when I first arrive It's a pleasure to see It's waiting there for me to keep my hopes alive such a comfort to know it's got no place to go it's always there it's the one thing i've got a huge success my good old dad